Welcome to Healing After Birth, a mindful podcast for mothers. This is a podcast for moms who want to explore matters of the heart and find meaning in motherhood. Are you struggling with motherhood? Are you having a hard time during the postpartum period? Did you have a difficult, challenging, or traumatic birth experience? Do you want to learn more about postpartum mental health? Join me, your host, Jennifer, author and creator of the Healing After Birth program, as I explore these topics and more during candid conversations with professionals and everyday moms like you. Hey, so I would like to welcome everybody to the Healing After Birth podcast. This is your host, Jennifer Sommerfeld. And today I'm excited to announce my guest, Anne, Anne Margulis. Anne is a licensed certified nurse midwife, licensed femme teacher, certified clarity breathwork practitioner, yoga teacher and practitioner. And she is a third generation guide to mama's birthing babies in her family and has helped thousands of families in her 20 plus years of midwifery practice and has personally ushered the births of over a thousand healthy babies into the world. She has guided countless human beings to heal from emotional pain, inner stress and trauma, tap into their strength and power, live fully and vibrantly and reclaim their radiance, joyfulness, calm and overall sense of well-being. Through her online childbirth course, Love Your Birth, her online and in-person midwifery for pregnancy and postpartum support consultations, her birth professional mentoring, her holistic gynecology, clarity breathwork, and femme experience offering, offerings, she infuses wisdom, compassion, inspiration, and joy into the entire process of women's healthcare from teenage years to menopause, as well as facilitating incredible healing and wellness for both men and women of all ages. I would like to highlight that Anne is also a two-time number one national and international bestseller author of Natural Birth Secrets, an insider's guide to how to give birth holistically, healthfully, and safely, and love the experience. And also Trauma Release Formula, the revolutionary step-by-step program for eliminating effects of childhood abuse, trauma, emotional pain, and crippling inner stress to live in joy without drugs or therapy. Anne's work, insights, and advice have been seen on TV shows and movies, including four episodes of A Baby Story on TLC Discovery Channel and the award-winning feature documentary, Orgasmic Birth and the Human Longevity Project. Whew. So (laughs) with all of that, Anne's obviously going to share some wisdom with us, and I would like to thank her for being on our show. Hello, Anne. Hi. It's great to be here. (laughs) Yes. Well, um, Anne, I'd like to just jump in and begin with my first inspired question, which is, what got you into serving families in the way that you do? Okay, so I was nursing school back in the 80s, and um, when I did my obstetric rotation, I just fell in love with uh, obstetrics, and so I knew I wanted to be an, an OB nurse. That's what I knew at the time. 
when I was in college. And then, and then when I uh, was working as an obstetric nurse, um, it was a real disillusioned experience. Um, I guess uh, I was working in a, in a, pretty, in a fairly typical um, hospital. And um, as a nurse, uh, I would say um, I was I was just seeing birth. Uh, it wasn't kind of what I read about in the books. It, it was it, um, all these healthy women were, were coming in. And as a nurse, I was having to implement the, the, the ordered uh, interventions and then rescue people from the complications of the interventions. And I was attending way more cesarean births than I ever imagined. And, you know, birth, you know, there was no humanity. It, it was almost like birth was a, 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 a disaster, a crisis waiting to happen, um, a lawsuit you know, uh, waiting to happen. And, um, it was in working in the hospital where I sort of developed fear of hmm. becoming uh, of birth and I didn't trust the process and I didn't trust the hospital and I didn't trust the doctors. I just, it was just, um, and of course, uh, when I was pregnant with my first baby, I, I went to the top doctor there and, um, I was given the royal treatment because I was one of the staff, you know, uh, having a baby on the unit. But um, it was a, it was a really a terrible experience. Uh, that's I had um, I just walked in, you know, in labor. I was well prepared as a nurse and as you know, having worked there, and I took Lamaze. And, um, you know, just the, the seemingly innocuous interventions were, were that 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 were done to me, um, such as, uh, you know, take off your clothes and put on a hospital gown. And that 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 like sort of was the beginning of the disempowerment, you know, like you're sick, we know better, something's wrong with you, we're going to fix it kind of kind of, you know, it's, it sort of makes you feel that way. And um told you, of course, not to eat or drink. I wasn't allowed to move and, and, and be upright. I had to be in bed attached to an IV and continuous monitoring of the baby's heart rate. So we know that animals certainly wouldn't be able to, nor to labor normally in that situation. But um, I certainly obviously didn't do very well. And the doctor kept coming in and you know, sticking his hands up inside of me and kept telling the nurse outside, she's still four, she's still four, just give her pit. Now I knew as a nurse what that was, it's the Pitocin to make uh, the medication uh, to make everything happen more uh, fast, faster and stronger. And um, the nurse came in to put it into my IV and, and I told her, she was like, colleague, I said, I, I don't want that. I, I knew what that was gonna do. Hmm. And she said, oh, but honey, you don't want a cesarean, do you? And, and you know, and, and she meant well, but, you know, she kind of, they feared me. In mm -hmm. Oh, I lost you there, Anne. Hang on. Can you hear me? We've got some technical glitching going on here. Can you hear me? You don't hear me? Okay, there we go. I can hear you now. Hmm. Yeah, could you hear me? I hear you. What, when should oh, I start? Over? Yeah, so let's just pick up um, where you said she meant well, that the nurse meant well. She meant well, so, but, but I was sort of, you know, feared in, into it because I, you know, I was only 24. I didn't, I didn't want a major abdominal surgery and, I, you know, I saw m more problems 
from the surgery and from, you know, I, I don't, I didn't always see great outcomes and I was, it was very scary. So, um, everything got, you know, more painful, more intense. And, um, I heard the doctors just say, give her an epidural. And, and when they gave me the epidural, my daughter's heartbeat went down so severely, um, that, that they called for a stat emergency C-section. And, and, how, and how long ago is this, Anne? Oh, so much. She's 30 now. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. But, but, but um, this got me very passionate about, you know, uh, this is, you're asking me how I got so passionate yeah. about, about making things better and, and uh, birth trauma and all that. So, so, um, you know, suddenly I was faced with a stat emergency surgery and every, you know, lo losing my daughter and, and having all you know, man faces uh, with, with the surgical hats on, whisking me into the operating room. And there I waited. They, they really had minutes to get my baby out based on the tracing of the heartbeat. And I was in the operating room alone for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 40 minutes, and then an hour. And in that time, uh, because the assistant surgeon hadn't shown up yet, and in that time, I went in my, in my mindset of, you know, I'm going to have major, you know, like, oh, my God, I'm going to be cut. And, 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 and then, oh, oh, my baby's in trouble. And, and then she's going to be damaged. And then I was convinced she was not alive. Hmm. Um, I was, I was, I, w I left my body. Yeah. Like, I, I just went, I, I, you know, that hour was the hardest hour of, of one of the hardest hours of, of my life. And, and somehow the epidural and the Pitocin took over and I started pushing and I screamed for help. And the doctor comes running in, uh, still the assistant surgeon hadn't come. And he obviously, he checked and, and saw that the baby was coming and he, 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 he was yelling at, at the staff to get him a vacuum. He cut a large episiotomy and he vacuumed her out. And I, um, and they without, said, without your consent, oh, everything was out. Yeah. And nothing was with my consent, but I didn't even know I, I had the option to have a consent. Right. You know, I, I, at that point, my mindset was don't show her to me because I, I can't see a baby that died. I, I, my baby at my first baby, you know, like I, mm -hmm. I, I just wasn't able to handle it. And, and, uh, they said, but she's fine. <laughs> and, and but I wasn't fine, right? Like, just look at your baby; she's fine. And 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 so I didn't know then that that's what that was. But but I was traumatized yeah. um, beyond words. Like like so much so, like I had all the symptoms. Like it postpartum, I had all the symptoms of what we now know is 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 post traumatic stress, birth trauma related. You know, yeah. trauma related to a traumatic birth. Um, I couldn't talk, I couldn't even listen to, I couldn't, um, I was very hypervigilant. I couldn't sleep. I had panic attacks. I couldn't hear anyone talk about pregnancy or birth. I couldn't even think about going back to work and seeing that scene again. Right. Like, like I just had, and everyone was like, what's your problem? Your baby's fine. Right. Like, so, so that was, you know, they meant well, you know, just focus on she's healthy. And um, I was afraid. 30, so 30 years ago. Yeah. Did nobody. You, did you get any kind of mental no. support? Or no, 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 no. Just, 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 you know, yeah. deny, suppress, yeah. uh, uh, suck it up and take care of your baby, you know, like, like, and, and, you know, I was, we're, we're pretty resilient. So I was a young, you know, I was 24. I was very healthy. 
um, otherwise. So I, you know, I just, you know, what we, what, what do we do? We, we suppress it. I, I didn't really um, know of any other way than just sort of, you know, well, just we didn't even up. have the language that we have to. We did not have no, 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 and so um, and and it's interesting. I, I told my husband I am never having another baby. <laughs> then two years ago, uh, two years later, I was pregnant again. You know, two and a half years later, I had another baby uh, again in the, in the same hospital because I was still working there. And it was very similar, you know, a very similar situation. I'll never, um, and, and, and that sort of, you know, solidified um, my, uh, my commitment and my passion to have a different experience uh, and to help women have a different experience. So I was, I was talking to a friend of mine about it. We didn't have internet back then, you know. I was just talking to a friend of mine who, who was... Um, uh, and she says, why, why don't you uh, think about becoming a midwife? And, and I literally said, what, what's that? You know, like I didn't even know what a midwife was. And she says, well, that's, you know, and she was explaining it to me. And, you know, I think you'd be really good at that. And, uh, and so I was very excited. I went to the library and I researched everything I could about a midwife. And I'm like, wow, like this is me. And uh, I applied to midwifery school and I, and, and it was in midwifery school that I felt, wow, I came home. Because birth was, it was a whole different paradigm that, you know, uh, that, that women, women can grow and birth their babies like they, their heart beats, like their lungs can breathe. It, it's a normal, healthy process. And there was a res restoration of humanity and a spirituality and a beauty to the process. There was an honoring of a, per, of a woman and her, you know, cultural sensitivity and an awareness of mm -hmm. And, and it was the power back to the woman and, and, and trusting the process so much because it's, it served us well for, you know, since the beginning of history um, that, that really any intervention in when it's working well, it, it can cause harm. Right. So the best intervention in, in a healthy pregnancy and birth is no intervention is, 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 is you know, well, what, will the, what we need to do now is sort of re help women remember what their bodies already know how to do. Um, you know, and how to, t you know, help people with their fear and, and re re you know, rekindle the trust in, in the process. You know, we, we don't have to help a woman understand that her heart knows how to beat and her lungs know how to breathe. She, you know, that we haven't like caused dysfunction in that area yet. Yeah. Uh, well, stress has, but, but you know, um, but, but f because of what's going on with birth in the last several generations, there's a lot of fear and, and, yeah. and total lack of trust in our bodies. And, and people trust doctors and hospitals and midwives and, 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 and technology and machines. Right. Oh, and I, so, so that's you. a whole different thing. I but but so I, I loved midwifery. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, there you are. Okay, good. What part did you lose? Just, just pausing there for a moment. Um, just there was a, a gap uh, around... The fear. So let's just pause at that um, fear place that we trust um, technology and all of that and science it's, more yeah, than more than our bodies. Absolutely. Yes, and, yes. And and so this leads into kind of my next question, which is about your love your birth program. But before we jump into that, uh, I'm wondering if you could tell us a bit about you know you went to school, you realized that becoming a midwife was gave you that sense of coming home you knew that there was truth in that 
So how did you begin to heal from those first two births? All right, so I'll tell you. So, so part of it was I, my next two babies I had with a midwife. And I told my midwife, um, I was already a mid, I was in midwifery school when I was pregnant with my third. And I told my midwife, you know, I believe in this like intellectually. Mm -hmm. I feel it in my gut. I know it's right. Um, but it has to work for me, for me to authentically promote it for everybody else. You know, like I have to viscerally feel it. Totally. Um, and she says, oh, you'll, you know, and I had trauma that I didn't realize. I didn't know it was that. I, you know, she knew I had very upsetting uh, experiences my last two births. And she says, oh, you're going to be fine. And, you know, she was, she was just reassuring me. It's going to be very different. And, and you know what? I think, I think having a baby in that way um, even though I was a midwife in the hospital, um, she, uh, you know, I was, I was, I was moving and, and, and eating and drinking and dancing and going in the shower and the bath and, and, and not once did she, um, interfere with me inappropriately. It was, everything she ever needed to do was always, is it okay if I check or, you know, we're just going to, is it okay? We need to check the heartbeat. Like it was, it was a co- we were doing it together. I didn't feel like, you know, she wanted uh, like, like some authority over me or I had no authority. It was a respect of my authority. It was a respect of the process. And when I gave birth and I knew like she was, she was like, you know, very skilled. If anything went wrong, she would know how to handle it and do, you know, do what she needed to do. But, but um, everything went right and it was so beautiful. So just having a birth in that way. And then again with my fourth, um, mm -hmm. Like I, I wanted to shout from the rooftops, like wow! Like I, I was convinced that I, I was weak, I was incapable, I was, I was um, not able to handle any of anything about birth, and that I could do it. If like I could do it, anyone could do it. Like that, like, like, like. I'm not saying that that was it was not an intellectual thing. It was a body thing. I had to feel that I could do it, and did and you, just did, did you find and that. Yes, you were in midwifery school, so you were learning all of this knowledge that was innate to your body and to your wisdom. Yeah, um, so it was insane. Yeah, and so, so obviously you didn't do much uh, mental or emotional healing around those previous two births. It sounds no. like the birth of your third was the healing experience. That was part of it, but, okay. but, but, but what I understand about trauma, because I got very into that, especially as I became a midwife and was hearing from yeah. oh. Oh. so many women who wanted to heal their horrific birth experiences, right? You know, they were coming to me. And so I never really, um, the, so then I, then I got very into the whole concept of trauma yeah. and it was, it was, um, how many, many years later, but several years ago, so I would say 10, 15, 15 years ago or something like that, I, um, I, ex uh, I had a different um, crisis in my, in my, what was it, 20, it was 22 years ago, actually. Um, we, we had a daughter that, that had a terminal illness. My mm -hmm. oldest daughter had a terminal illness, and that, that, that sort of um, 
I, I was given a choice. I could crawl up in a fetal position right. and, and, uh, and, and die. Like, like that's how I, you know, felt, or mm -hmm. I could, I could, what could I learn from this? How can I grow from this? How can I rise and, and use this as a, this is, this was given to me. This is my journey. How can I be the best mother, the best midwife, mm -hmm. uh, best wife, you know, given what's going on. So that got me very into, um, uh, healing myself, mid midwifing myself, so I could midwife others. And I, and, but I thought I was going crazy at one point. I re I remember it was just really bad. She was so sick, wow. and I and I took I went I did so many like natural things. I wasn't feel I was feeling horrible. Now I know that these are symptoms of trauma. Yeah. Uh, because because what happens is trauma is stored in the body. Um, it's it's a visceral. You know, it's like energy. Stress, energy, and energy of uncomfortable emotions that's stored in the body, and um, I didn't, you know, I didn't know that. I just know that I felt felt horrible, and I tried talk therapy. I tried all these holistic modalities, and I even went to my doctor who just wanted to drug me, right. and and um, nothing was helping. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And and um, I finally took myself to um, an integrative uh, psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. um, who spent a long time with me and because you see, tr um, each later trauma is really activations of earlier traumas. That's right. And so if you don't heal the earlier stuff yeah, you know, it's just, you have to really, it's, it, it's all stored in your body and your subconscious cellular memory and all that. So she was the one that coined it. She said, you have post-traumatic stress. It's still in your body. Um, and the way to heal it is through the body. It's not through all these other things that you've been doing, uh, homeopathy, acupuncture, hypnotherapy, right. all these, you know, um, holistic modalities that, uh, that are herbs and yeah. So um, she was talking a lot about uh, uh, somatic experience and, and, you know, there's certain body therapies, body right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to release you release you release it from the body, and and that just opened the door. Like I, I, I wow, I'm not crazy, and that there's hope, right? And yeah. and around that time, I went on a yoga retreat with a girlfriend of mine, and it was there. There was a there was a, a woman who does what is called a rebirthing. It's a certain type of breath work that um, you, you you do a certain type of breathing, is and it, is and, it a holotropic breath work? Um, it's similar. Uh, it's more supportive. Uh, rebirthing and clarity breath work is, is very, it's, it's sort of more of a, a yogic, um, maybe a bit more feminine approach, but um, holotropic than holotropic, but it's, it's similar. It's a certain type of breathing. You know, it was, it was started by Leonard Orr in the seventies who brought it over from the yogis uh, that have been doing this for many, a long time. And he brought it to the West in the seventies. And so it, it's taken on a little bit more Right. Approach, but um, it uh, it uh, it put you're, you're breathing in a certain way, and it puts you in a semi-conscious state. You're 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 totally not conscious completely. You have you're, you're awake and you're aware, right. but so you're we're tapping, we're opening. Yeah, we're open into the subconscious, and and so it works on a physical, it works on a, a an emotional or an, a, and a spiritual level. We can get into that. But what happened at that in those four hours that I was working with that woman, she was amazing. She talked to me for about a few hours, and then the breath session was about an hour and a half. And and I felt like without eat, I felt like when um, 
like pounds of bricks, maybe 3 million pounds of bricks that I was carrying was just kind of left my body. Like I just, I didn't even have, uh, I didn't even have to know about what it was. It just, it just left my body and I felt lighter. And how did it leave your body? Like, were you shaking? Were you? Crying? Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, because so we know we studied trauma now. I mean, you know, um, Peter Levine was one of the fathers of modern, you know, trauma research and 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 healing. Uh, um, he, you know, we, we study trauma. I mean, we know, we know about trauma, like after soldiers from the, you know, come back from the war, they're shell shocked. And, you know, we, we started to learn about trauma after the Vietnam war. Uh, but, but, but we, we do a lot of research on trauma learning about, we watch animals, right? So, so animals who are in the wild, um, who are not, um, uh, they're, they're mostly in a, in a parasympathetic state. They don't walk around with baggage. They're, they're in this alert calm. Okay. They have, they don't carry trauma in their body. And what happens, for example, so our bodies are, are, we have a reptilian brain as well. I mean, our bodies are wired very similar. So, so if a deer in the wild is exposed to a tiger, the, the fight or flight response kicks in, which is the sympathetic nervous system activation that, that, that kicks in, you know, uh, all kinds of hormonal and bodily changes so that, so that the deer can either fight the tiger, run uh, for its life, mm-hmm. or, um, uh, uh, or play dead. If, if, the, right. if the tiger is too close, there's a disassociative, there's another trauma state that's, that's, um, that the deer will actually play dead and, 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 it's, and it's an adaptive response because um, there's certain endorphins that are released that if the, if the tiger does eat the deer, um, the deer won't feel it as much and will like sort of disassociate from its body. But another reason is they play dead is that the, a tiger is not interested in, in an animal that appears dead and, and they'll think, oh, I got this one. I'm going to go get another one. Right. And so the, the tiger will leave. And no matter what it is, if the, if the tiger, if the deer plays dead, if the deer um, runs or fights, if the deer makes it to safety, the deer and all animals, m- mammals especially, shake. They shake it off. They, their ner- it, it resets their nervous system and they shake out the trauma energy and then they resume being in a, in a, in a calm parasympathetic state, which is the best way to you know, function on a day-to-day basis. Babies do it. So I don't, do you have kids? Yeah, I have three grown kids. Okay, yeah. so I don't know if you remember temper tantrums, but, but, <laughs> like, but so, right. So, so babies um, embody their emotions without shame. So they imbi- when, a, when a toddler is happy, they're, they are, they're like a sunlight. They're like a, a ball of sun in the room. You know, they're, they're jumping and, 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 and full of glee and joy, you know, because their favorite aunt is coming or they were just given ice cream or they got their, be- you know, their favorite present or daddy came home or wh- whatever it is. And, but if, 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 if someone hurt them or they can't have what they want or, or you know, they're feeling sad or they're feeling angry, they're going to have a full-blown embodied temper tantrum they're going to bang and shout and scream and and move their body and then they they reset and they're back to playing if we allow them to have their temper tantrums of course then we're like they can't hurt somebody or themselves but but if they just you know they they scream and they pound and they throw and whatever they need to do and then they get up and they go back to playing but somehow in our culture we're cultured to sort of not express, you know, as we get older to kind of, you know, tone it down. Men don't cry. 
Uh, just don't show, don't be so sensitive. Don't be so emotional. Don't, we, you don't have to show everybody how you're feeling. You know, don't cry over here now. Just get, get, get it together. So, so we're given messages to, mm -hmm. to stifle and to escape. And that's, that's, you know, kind of how it starts. Like in indigenous countries, like in, in like, let's say parts of the Amazon and Africa, they, they have drum circles where people, um, they move grief, they move anger and rage, right. just as they move joy. And you so, know? The, so your experience with this breath work, started to move that energy that was trapped in your body yeah it reset yes cells. yeah yeah so so that was the beginning of, that saved my life and that that got me that you know I, I kept doing the work um you know that was in costa rica but i i uh, you know even i found a practitioner near where i was living and then and, um i um i kept on doing the work and then i I was so amazed about about like how I was feeling and how much I was healing that I became a practitioner. And when I immersed myself in it for you know it was almost a few it was a few months of 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 breath breathing like this in a community of breathers doing the same thing. Right. Um, it was unbelievable the healing that took place not just with me but with every anyone in the room. I mean, and and then I you know. I, and I, and I use this a lot. Um, and it's, it's to me has been the most effective modality that I have seen to help people heal trauma. And, and I, I see women all the time. So it's not just birth trauma we're dealing with. One in three women have been abused right. uh, physically, sexually, uh, even verbally. And, and, and any, any kind of upsetting event that was so significant in our life it could have been the death of a parent, the sickness of a parent. It could be a bully. It could have been any, anything that was, you know, considered uh, so intensely upsetting. Um, what we tend to do is hold our breath and anything that's uncomfortable, we, we tend to suppress and bury. Because mm -hmm. uh, we just don't have the tools on how to deal with these intense emotions uh, a lot of times. So, um, it, so do you and do yeah. you in include clarity breath work in your service as a midwife, like while a mother is in labor? Oh, it, it helped to to be able to breathe that way is not just healing trauma. It gives energy. It connects because it, it works on three different ways. So so we breathe. Um, we breathe about 20 to 30% of our respiratory capacity, like in the, in the West, most, most people are pretty stressed out and are not taking full deep breaths. We tend to right. take more rapid, shallow breathing. So, so we get locked in an, in an adrenalized state. We get stuck in that fight so, or flight, wow. even though there's no tiger. That's right. Yeah. Right? Our, perce our perception of our lived experience is the tiger. You know, the story. We get it. We get a text. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, you know, we get a stressed out text or a stressed email and, you know, we, we go into that fight or flight response, the same thing that the, that, 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 that the tiger had, right? Like, or that the, that the deer would have. Yeah. So, so, so the breath works on many different ways. So we're, we're in clarity breath work, we are accessing, we want to, so I work with people on how to breathe so that we can access a hundred percent of our respiratory system. We, we breathe the body. We're going to breathe down to through the to the pelvic bone, you know, and uh, you know through the, through the you can actually take a, such a, an amazing deep breath, expanding your chest and expanding your your pelvic floor muscles in, into your collarbone, into your back. I mean, we're we're really taking a full breath, and it's done in a certain way, 
and um, it helps people, you know, like, like just tools for labor, you know, to, to practice it in, in prenatally. It's tools for labor, tools for stress. You can use it to calm and you can, you know, but done in a certain way, it can, it can be used to um, heal. But um, so, so it, it's, it, we're filling the body with oxygen and it's creating an alkaline state in the body. It's creating all kinds of delicious recipes of the hormones and all, you know, in our body. So, and it, and it's, it, it, so it's working on definitely on a physical level, but it's, it's working also on an emotional level because it's enabling the body to reset. When we get ourselves out of the way, when we get our thinking mind out of the way, the body knows how to reset. Right. And so it just, you know, um, shaking is common when we get deep into one of the clarity breathwork sessions. Yeah. And it's, it's also on a spiritual level, which I, um, uh, it, it, well, you're moving yourself into an altered state of consciousness. So Absolutely. You're tapping into theta, brainwave states, right. potentially gamma even, which are ecstatic right. states. So oh, I yes. See, I could see the, the link to the, the spiritual components to it, right? In which we now have access to the mystery. Even, even, even deeper than that. So, so, so the yogis have known for thousands of years, they prana life is, was the connection between earth and spirit, body and spirit. And, you know, prana was called life force. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the Buddhists knew that too. And uh, the, all the biblical religions considered breath to be like a spiritual, uh, you know, like a divine, had a divine element, you know, when uh, God gave uh, Adam and Eve, uh, life, he gave them breath, which gave them life, you know, so however you, whatever you call it, source, you know, energy, uh, uh, God, spirit, uh, whatever, um, it, it, when you're infusing yourself with that much energy into your body with the intention to heal, that's where we see miracles happen. I mean, you, you're, you're like co-creating with the divine. I mean, it's, it's, it's people, people get, uh, can, communication with people who aren't living to, to have reconciliation and forgiveness. Yeah. Um, they're aware of a, definitely a, a, a component that transcends the physical. I'm just imagining, I, I mean, I could go down a, I could go down a tangent on, on that just alone. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm, they're, they're, I'm, uh, bringing it back to birth in particular yes. just for our listeners, I'm imagining the power of, in, in like in what's the word i'm looking for inviting this into a mother's birthing experience oh, where yeah. she's stuck right so so much of modern day um birth environment including midwifery modern day midwifery environment mm -hmm. you know often immediately jumps to it being the baby's position that has caused you know a prolonged mm -hmm. labor a stuck you know labor um, and they're always working on position. And I, I'm a big believer that like, it's, it's, it's a bit of everything. <laughs> right. And Oh, I, yes. I, I'm a, I'm a huge, my third birth experience. And I write about this in my book, but my third birth experience, I had a transcendental experience by staying with my breath in exactly right. what it is that you're talking about. I gave birth to a nearly 11 pound baby and what happened was I went so deep into the intensity and the pain point 
in my cervix that I was experiencing and I just kept bringing my breath and my inner sight right there, right there, right, right exactly, there, right there. And then eventually what happened is it all blew open and what I saw was Amazing. space. I just yep. saw a particle yep. colliding and I knew in that moment we do not, I mean, I knew intellectually because I had been studying for years, but I knew in that moment we do not what? Birth does not happen on the physical plane of reality, period. We are bringing, you know, right. the, if you believe it or not, we're bringing a, a spirit, a soul, a being, you know. Oh, from, absolutely. From uh -huh. the ethers through these physical bodies that we consider to be a form, tangible form. And, you know, somehow it's supposed to come out of our vaginas. And, mm -hmm. right? And it's like in that yeah. moment, I just knew all it is is space. It's, it's amazing. And in that spaciousness, we heal. And so, yep. so I, I, I guess I'm just imagining the magic that you bring to the work that you do because you're bringing in the opportunity for people to become empowered with what we all have. Which we all have. Breath. It's free. Right. It's free. <laughs> and what you mention also is part of, is, is key, is relaxing into intensity. Because when we fight, um, you know, we, we come from a culture where we fight intensity. We're not, we, we fight uncomfortable. And, but, but what about, can we befriend it? What about, can we welcome it? Can we magnify it? Can we love intensity? Can we dive right into the eye of the storm yeah. and relax there? And, and that's the where we transform. Mm -hmm. What? Well, the same is for grief, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Every, any, anything. Yeah. But, it, but if, so helping a woman heal birth trauma or any trauma through breath work is very similar to midwifing a woman who's birthing a baby because they they get to a point at some point where, because breath work will activate sensation, okay? If we just stay with sensation and, and sometimes the sensation can be extremely intense in the beginning, but if we allow it to just follow its course, uh, its wave, it, 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 will, it will resolve. And, and, but same with birth, like we get to a point at birth, we're like, I can't yeah. <laughs> like, like right before the baby's crowning or like late in, you know, transition, I can't, I'm dying. So cut me. I'm losing, I'm going to lose control. I'm, I, I, I can't, you know, th th there's these, th that fear. Yeah. And when they fight it, the, the, they, they, uh, it, it doesn't, you know, they don't, it, it stops the process. But what about if we relax into it and dive right into the pressure, into the intensity, and then they birth? Or they, or they heal from, you know, they release yes. whatever needs to be released from the body. And what's amazing is they don't have to cognitively understand it and analyze it. It just goes. Yeah. And that's what's just, it shaves years off of therapy. It's yeah. really amazing. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Complete, I Great mean, tool. This is why I was excited to talk with you because I think we speak a very similar mm. language. <laughs> mm. So I want, to, I want to kind of circle back to part of our conversation Around, I lost you there. Yeah, yeah. So before, again, before, so we talked a bit about this clarity breath work, and and I do want to talk about your childbirth preparation course. But even before that, mm -hmm. so a mom, what I find often, you know, especially moms who've had a very difficult or traumatic first birth experience or a birth experience, and they're preparing for their next birth, what they often come up against is fear of disappointment. So it's not even it's not even the fear that this might happen for me again. It's the fear of I won't be able to handle being disappointed again if mm. this happens. 
So instead of preparing for the possibility of an expanded, empowered birth experience that could be absolutely different than what that previous birth was, it's I'm preparing for the potential for the worst to happen again. Well, that sort of manifests that, that yeah. yeah. But when they get into that, yeah. So because I don't, I don't want to feel the disappointment. Or the, that. Or the we, we try to. I try to get them to, right. Yeah. So I just want to know, in your experience, do you come up against that, and how have you helped moms move past that? Right. So um, it's very hard to change deep-seated on because most of us are governed by our subconscious, which is the vast mountain, like the, the consciousness, what we're aware of is like the tip of our consciousness iceberg. So the like 99% of, of our being is governed, you know, our behaviors, our habits are governed by beliefs. And you know, a lot of times myths, lies, misunderstandings and traumatic, you know, um, in, in our subconscious, which is, which, and, and it's very hard to access and change that um, consciously. Um, uh, when we, in, in a very deep breathwork session, um, we focus on the most highest vibrational thoughts. So rather than focusing on, I don't want to be disappointed, you, you know, in a breathwork session, we're breathing in that we're going to have the most beautiful birth. We're breathing in gratitude. We're breathing in that we're transforming and transmuting our, our cells, our nervous system, you know, our energy, our being, we're detoxing, you know, we're focusing on the state that we want to cultivate, not what we want to avoid. And that's, that's how we can change um, subconscious self-limiting beliefs. I can't do it. I'm not enough. It's going to happen again. It never works for me. All that, all that, uh, all that stuff. It's 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 very hard to say an affirmation if you really don't believe it. Yeah, if your like, body, if your body, if your body doesn't believe it, your body will not lie. Our yeah. brains, our 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 consciousness can lie all the time, but the body knows. So we need to get out in in a in in that deep, you know, sort of semi-conscious state in the, of the breath work is where we can really make miracles happen with 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 sort of self-limiting beliefs that we carry around. So you're using breath to engage the altered state of consciousness or get into the subconscious or the operating system to then redirect your energy and attention towards that aff affirming place of being. Yes, and breath works also. It's a very high vibe. You know, we are energy. I mean, even even physics, Norton's law. You know, like Newton, not Norton. Newton's law is. You know, we're using. I think the future of medicine, and it's not just me. I mean, I've heard major, you know, integrative physicians who are very into this. You know, say this too. The future of medicine is energy medicine. It's 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 um work. You know, working on this level. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's incredible, but, but, um, it's, it's, it, breathwork is also utilizing physics. The, the concept of physics is when you're bringing in such high vibrational energy, the lower vibrational energy will, will transform to the high vibrational energy. I mean, it, it's, it's, it, I'm in awe of it every time, you know, that I, that I see it work. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I imagine you are. I mean, it's so amazing how we all kind of find our way through our traumas. Those of us that go on to be practitioners and to help others heal from, from their trauma, from their past. Oh, sure. Um, Most healers have been wounded yeah. themselves, right? <laughs> Otherwise, how can you be so wise to heal, right? Exactly. <laughs> you yeah. haven't been there. You don't know pain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't know transformation and healing.
Totally. And I love how there's so many modalities that really help us get into that operating system, mm -hmm. get into the body and be able to release that stored, um, what I say, emotional information or the debris that's trapped in our system. Um, and then to be able to redirect that energy towards more positive outcomes, hopefully. Oh my um, gosh. When people get into that deep state. Yeah. And to be like breath work, like kind of like labor has a wave, has, yeah. has a sort of a predictable pattern. So in the beginning we're teaching technique so they, they get it. They learn, people aren't used to breathing a hundred percent of their lung capacity. So first we have to treat, you know, teach the technique, but once they get the technique, then they have to sort of feel safe and let go and surrender and, and go deep. Right. And once they get deep, the breathing in that way will activate. It will, we're trying to activate, we're activating whatever was in the system to come up and be there. And then it, it, it goes on its own. Mm -hmm. And then when it does the bliss, the light, the, the energy, the, the deep stillness of, of source energy that like, we're all divine spiritual beings, people get that realization. And that in and of itself is, is transformative and healing. Absolutely. You know, and they can live from that place. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So let's then tell us a bit about your preparation course, Love Your Birth. Does it include the Clarity Breathwork? Oh no, 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 no. That oh, okay. <laughs> the clarity breath work is is something specific. I, I mean I mean maybe if I make another course, but um that that course kind of um was birthed because when, when I don't know, maybe five years ago when my daughter told me I should be on Instagram and I told her what's Instagram <laughs> <laughs> right? and she said, Ma you don't know what Instagram, you know, no, they were always hashtag this, hashtag that. Yeah. But I'm like, what? Oh, one more thing. I don't like computers. And I know, because you, you know, you're passionate. You like to educate and empower and inspire women. So, and you get all these awesome pictures from your families and your practice. It's a great way to do it. And she gave me like the 101. So I started, you know, posting very naively, just being myself. And it, it grew like now there's like 90,000 90, followers on Instagram. It's over 100,000 something between all the social media. Hmm. Uh, and, and that got me, you know, podcasts and interviews and all this. So, so, so one of the, and it sort of birthed these online services. So I was interviewed by a doula. Um, who happened to be um, in San Francisco uh, maybe five years ago. And, and she said to me, um, do you travel? I hmm. said, I love traveling. <laughs> no, she said, she said, she said, no, I mean, like, would you, would you do, I love your perspective and, and your approach and how, and how you prepare women, like how, how, how you walk them through their practice and help them, you know, to not just conquer their, their fear and, and their, and their, uh, but, but to love their experience, even if it's challenging. And, and, you know, uh, so she would like to have a midwife like me. And I, you know, and I said, no, I, I wish I, you know, I, but I, I don't really travel for that purpose. Um, but she says, well, then I'd like to make you an offer. Would you make a course like an online course? I said, what do you mean? She says, well, I'm in film and I'm really in marketing. That's my profession. I just do because I, I love that. I, I do that on the side, but, but I really work in a big firm in San Francisco and, and I would like to offer you to come out to San Francisco and, um, you know, the West coast and, and film, uh, like how you, 
you can make a course on how you bring people through your practice so that they can transform and, and, and you know, have holistically healthy experience, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and love it, love it. And, and uh, you know, and I took her up on it. And uh, so I, we went out there and I filmed it with her and uh, she created the course with me. And uh, so that, that's how the course, that's what the course is. It's, it's really how, um, you know, how to prepare women to have the most holistically healthy mind, body, heart, spirit, you know, pregnancy, birth and postpartum experience. Um, in terms of if people need healing that's more you know like for clarity breath works i mean i, I do teach i mean I, you know i'm a yoga teacher a practitioner i mean i do do I definitely work with breath work in the course but breath work not not the type of breath work to heal trauma so so that is um yeah i ended up writing a book about it and and that is you know people work with me on skype or in person um i had a woman recently fly out to me from australia <laughs> she read my book and uh, she wanted she wanted to book uh, she she like a twenty day twenty sessions and and heal she had horrible horrible trauma and um, you know she wanted to work in person but I but I've had a lot of people just work on Skype with me and and basically I just um, in the beginning especially someone who who has trauma and so and and they tend to be you know have anxiety or depression or or panic it's very hard for them to relax and feel safe by themselves right. when symptoms come up that they're uncomfortable with and so in the beginning you know at least the, the first several sessions i i think it's important to have a facilitator or a breath worker or somebody there to help them in mm -hmm. best experience possible so they can really let go and and uh, be held, you know, midwifed through the sensations until they rock, you know, until they're they can do it on their own. Yeah. So you so you support people from all over the world then through the the process of breath work to restore their nervous systems and their hearts back to health. Yes, and and um, yeah, their whole being. It's 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 incredible. But, and then do but, you but, train? Do you train people to be breathwork facilitators? I do not, but um, there are plenty of places. I you know where I trained. I you know I, I love where I trained, and I I would definitely if somebody wants to have an intent, you know, more of a comprehensive retreat experience where they're just, you know, immersed in this for, you know, a week or two weeks, something like that. Um, or they want to become practitioners, I would send them to Clarity Breathwork, uh, mm -hmm. the website, and they can, um, you know, go to Bali or Costa Rica, or they have different, I think they do it also in California, um, to get the actual training. Right. So I, I know we're coming up to close to an hour here and, and I feel like we just really touched the surface <laughs> of the breadth, breadth of your experience and knowledge. Um, one, one question I have, just taking into consideration the 20 years that you've been working um, as a, a midwife and, an, and a nurse, uh, what are you- Going on 24, 25, 20, 25, yeah, it's crazy. 20 years. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Like every year, years. it's yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, thirty some yeah, yeah, years yeah. since you gave birth. So yeah, so way more, obviously. Um, what are you noticing today, as far as trends or things that might be different that weren't necessarily as prevalent, you know, twenty, thirty years ago? It are you noticing anything different? 
Oh my gosh. Uh, well, it, it, it's also, you mean, oh, you mean noticing, you're talking about differences in the 20, 30 years or differences yeah. in the last several generations? Because we've, we've been, we've been birthing for thousands of years, you yeah, know, since no, the beginning since of you've time. Been, so since you've been present to the birthing milia. Mm. Um, um, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm just continuing my question in random different ways. Oh, no. Well, um, you know, unfortunately, um, well, f there's, there's two things. I, I, there's definitely a lot of people that are approaching me and, uh, and, and colleagues of mine. And there's definitely, uh, um, on one hand, an increase in people that want to take back their, their, their health and their birth. And, you know, um, but on the other hand, um, what, what's, what's disappointing, uh, is the rising morta maternal mortality rate, certainly in the United States, it's the highest of, of, of any in the developed countries. Mm -hmm. We're losing more moms and babies than, than compared to all developed countries. And, um, what I'm seeing in hospitals, cause I work in both, I work in hospital and out of hospital setting, um, that there are some hospitals that are as um, that have not changed, in fact, have gotten worse, right? So there, it's even more, uh, on the other hand, there are some hospitals that are becoming more mother-baby friendly, like, you know, if you um, interviewed Deborah Pascali Bonara, she was very in, uh, into the whole, you know, she coined, started the whole Kim's initiative, you know, Coalition mm -hmm. for Improved Maternal and Infant Services. So hospitals need to be certified that they're mother and baby friendly. Um, so, so there is a movement but but it's unfortunately not happening as fast as I would like, and 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 uh, you know there's definitely more home births happening. Um, but what I'm seeing in in some of the hospitals, I I, I think it's getting worse. Yeah, and our and our country's statistics are are reflecting that, right? So so this is something I take very seriously, and and that's even though I hate social media. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm I'm on it so that. I can make a difference. You know, I can just, you know, if I empower one family, you know, more to, to take, like, here's an, an amazing story for me that like makes it all worth it. Right. Um, cause I, I can't go around changing doctors and everybody means well, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's a harder thing to do to change institutions and hospitals, hospitals and the organizational bodies and, 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 and all the people's mindset and all that. But, yeah. but all it takes is a, a, a how we make change and how we ever made change in history is when a passionate person decides to make a difference, decides, to, you know, to speak up. So I had a, I had a woman who was, um, her husband was stationed in, in a country uh, in Central America where they did not have access to uh, the kind of care that she wanted. The, the, the one doctor in her town when she was pregnant was, um, he, he had like such an ex extraordinarily high cesarean section rate, I think over 90%. He, he doesn't do natural birth. <laughs> he just right. does cesarean birth. And she took my course and and it empowered her to to respectfully speak up and she went to him and she said listen i'm here i'm pregnant there's no other option you're my that it but i want an, 
a, a physiologic birth. I don't want, you know, these interventions if they're not necessary. I want to have a completely natural, beautiful experience. And, you know, she started explaining, I want delayed cord. I don't want my cord clamped. I don't want this. I don't want that. You know, and in the beginning, he was like, no, can do. That's not how I practice. But, you know, she, she just persisted and he did it. She had a beautiful uh, experience with him, um, and he 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 listened to her and honored her request. And um, not only did she have a beautiful, healthy, natural birth, he was transformed. He he was brought to tears. He never saw anything like it. Think of the ripple effect that will have on now how he's going to practice. Right. You know. So so. So, yeah, I mean, if, if we can make change in that way, you know, when, when women speak up and they say, you know, I would like to take my placenta and, they'll, and the hospital says, well, that's not our policy. We throw them out and it is medical waste, blah, 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 blah. And she says, but I would like, it's my organ and I'd like to take it. <laughs> you know? right. and, and, you know, and, and coming empowered with the studies or, you know, uh, they, they have to listen. And if they're not going to listen, you need to go somewhere else. Yeah. It amazes me sometimes that we're still having these conversations. Worse. Yeah, worse. Yeah. No, I'm hearing from people all over the world, you know, now that I'm on Instagram, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I work in a lovely place where it's a very, uh, you know, there's a bunch of, mid it's like a birthing center in the hospital um, where I also work and um, it's lovely. You can have like a home birth experience in the hospital, very spiritual, very, however you want, you know bring whoever you want and how and birth however you want but it is a hospital so if we have a prop if we have a you know my section our section rates like five percent so if, if those who need a cesarean we're, we're right there right. but um unfortunately what i'm hearing around um the world is that it's not all like that especially yeah. the united states yeah yeah so how do you not burn out Oh, uh, that, that's we'll, we'll, a, we'll close on that. <laughs> how do you not burn out? So, well, you um, I do actually. Um, so, so I was doing some shifts in a in a in a local hospital, um, just um, in, in in and I did burn out actually because <laughs> uh -huh. I couldn't take it. Uh, um, uh, yeah, how do you not burn out? So I speak to midwives about this and doulas. Uh, you really have to um, be extremely guarded about your self-care and, 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 and keep inspiring yourself and take care of yourself. Eat well, drink well, not alcohol, you know, make yourself very hydrated, take your supplements that you need, be outside in nature, take time off exercise, yoga, you know, like you really need to take care of yourself. And as much as possible, uh, try to find a place to practice that's, that is more in line with who you are. Mm, I think that's a big one. But, you know, the, some of these doulas, especially all other, so they're so excited about birth and, and, and new midwives, they, they have no boundaries. And that's how they burn out. Yeah, Sometimes. interesting. Do you know Hermine Hayes Klein? What? Do you know um, of Hermine Hayes Klein? No, who's that? Well, she's an American attorney who specializes in representing um, human rights and childbirth cases. Oh, interesting. Yeah, she's fascinating. I love her. I just interviewed her, and we're actually teaming up to put together a course on boundaries and communication and a trauma-informed course for 
childbirth practitioners, like midwives and doulas, specifically because of that reason that you just brought up. Like it's there. Yeah, we could talk about that, but <laughs> that's a whole big thing. But but, but I find that the newer practitioners. Oh, I lost you there. The newer said it's hard to say no, and they want to help everybody. Right. Right. Yeah. Then you're finding, sorry, I, I lost you there. You're finding with the newer practitioners that it's. It, it, it's hard. I, 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 I want to really get at the newer practitioners. You know, they don't want to say no. They want to take everybody. Oh, you live three hours from my house. Fine. No problem. Oh, you can't pay me. No problem. Right. You know, like uh, you're going to call me at three in the morning. You're going to text me at three in the morning to tell me you need your disability form filled out. Uh, no, no problem. You know, like you need to, you need to really create boundaries to preserve yourself so that you could serve others can uh, uh, continue, you know, continue to do what, what you're here to do. You know, like with this social, with this online now, you know, people are texting me at two in the morning, they're constipated, you know, <laughs> like, like, like I, I, I have to turn off all my notifications. Cause that's, not, you know, I, I, I want to be text. I want to be telephoned if you have an emergency or you're in labor and you need me to come, but yeah. if you need your disability form filled out or you've been constipated for four days, don't call me at two in the morning. And right. I don't mean to be nasty. I, I say it in a very nice, I, I say it in a very nice way, but people think, oh, I'll just text them because they're up already nursing or something and they'll just text. Well, that gets a boing in my, and then I'm, and I'm up the whole night. I can't go back to sleep. So that's, you have to, that's the part of the change that you would have experienced, right? Like I remember attending technology. Birth. Yeah, births before I had a cell phone, right? Like they would call my house. I want to throw my phone out the window. I, yeah. We all do, right? So this is, I think, hugely contributing to the higher rates of burnout. Ta -ta or oh. Stress injury or compassion fatigue. But Unplug. My grandfather was an obstetrician in the days where, you know, he, there, was no, there was no voicemail. So you either got him or you didn't get him. Like the phone was either busy, no answer, or you got him. So when he was on call and he had to go out, I remember he used to call into his answering service periodically. Right. Is any, anything going on? But, but there is this thing about you have to answer everything immediately. Um, and, and all these notifications. People text me on Instagram direct message that they're having bleed, irregular bleeding. Is that normal? I, like, like I, I don't... Um, I, you, you, people need... Call me. I, I set the bound... What? That would be like a call me. What? I said that that would be a, a well message. anything like you did text. You know, I get a message on LinkedIn that they have a headache and. Well, well, basically, I, I set, I tell new, I, I do a professional consulting all the time, you know, uh, but, but I, I, that's very big. I think you need to set very clear boundaries in the beginning is the only way to reach me is by telephone during these hours, unless there's an emergency, then you call the, the, the whatever. Don't text and email because you're going to be, you're going to be overwhelmed with all these notifications and, and. You, you can't help someone who has, who has high blood pressure and a headache on an email, okay? You just, you just uh, or, or, you know, someone's having fear and they're telling you that on Facebook. It, 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 the, the thing is, is it doesn't matter because I just keep getting these notifications. I have to check here, there, there, there. So I tell them from the beginning, if you're going to set up a practice, you just say, this is how you reach me, telephone. Or, you know, if you want, if, 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 also, emails get hacked and, and it's not secure. So you don't want to be messing around like that with that attorney. You know, I'm sure she knows about 
you know, when you people start giving, you know, personal information and you start having this, once you have a conversation with that person, it's a, it, it, it becomes a legal record and, and there's confidential stuff people are sharing. And if that gets into the wrong hands and you're implicated, so you have to be careful with, with that, you know, so I would say that's a big one is set boundaries on how people can contact you, guard your sleep because yeah, you're going to be up in the middle of the night, but on the nights you're not up in the middle of the night at a birth, you want to sleep. Yeah. You want to make sure you want to you want to really up your self care as a professional so that you can be there to serve for as long as you want, you know, in, in your full in your full capacity and not burn out. And it's OK. Sometimes you need to say no. Like when you you know, you can't save everybody there. They're, like there's just some people that aren't candidates for for whatever, uh, for, for various reasons. Well, right. Totally. Thank you. And I really I'm, I'm going to wrap us up there. Yeah. Sorry. Oh no, it's wonderful. I'm, <laughs> yeah, really grateful that you came on and um, had this conversation with me and my listeners today. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, all of Anne's information will be in our show notes, links to her courses and her services, as well as her books. So please feel free to go there and check out her websites. There's tons of information available for all of you to learn even more from Anne. Okay. Oh, wonderful. I'm just going to stop recording. I think I can stop recording without hanging up, right?